You guys ready? We're going to try and get through this in 30 minutes. It's going to be really difficult. And all my youth, go ahead, laugh. Because <laughs> they all know it's really difficult. Being short-winded is not my problem. <laughs> so, no, stop it now. Don't encourage me. And, you know, uh, studying for this message and what the Lord put on my heart, I, uh, I, I generally frown away from doing things like this. I love being encouraging. Sometimes um, I find it a little bit more difficult, especially dealing with peers and adults, um, maybe bringing uh, what the word I'm bringing today. And it, the title of the message is Let It Go. If you're taking notes, let it go. And it was not based off the, the Disney song, John of let it go, let it go. Uh, it was not, although it did seem to work really well. And no, you'll never see me singing here on stage. Just saying. Who was that? Was that you? Oh my gosh. But I want to just start with a word of prayer and then we'll jump right into it. And I pray that uh, this message will change your life like it has changed mine several years back and that occasionally I need to go back and, and refresh things in my heart. So, Father, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you, Lord, that as your word is just preached, that you're glorified, and then our hearts receive it with joy, and we immediately transform. I thank you, Lord, that your word is just life and truth and health to us. I thank you, Lord, that we are blessed just to be in your presence. And we love you so very much. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. The title is Let It Go. And what am I talking about letting it go? I'm talking about bitterness and grudges. And was like, ugh. I was planning on being super encouraged today. And you're bringing this. All right? Hey, listen, I got beat up doing about <laughs> studying about this. And uh, I hope you do too. Just saying. And don't worry. On the flip side, on the back side, you will see... Yes, you will see how it's amazing. It's not a beat up at all. It's such an encouraging message. And again, just as we live in the principles of finances, if we live in the principles of his word and, and we do what he tells us to do, it's amazing how life just, just goes and it's just effortless and just amazing. Does it make sense? All right. So let's jump right into symptoms of bitterness. Symptoms of bitterness. Has anyone walked down the street? Like this, and then you saw someone that maybe did something against you. Oh, sorry, I gotta stay on over here. Sorry, guys, in the back. I'm used to the youth room, I'm like running around. Have you ever seen someone on the street and you had something against them and you would either cross the street or like duck into a store a little bit and just wait for them to pass or something like that? Has anyone done that before? Has anyone, uh, these are just symptoms now. Again, thank you very much for participating. So just remember, we are in the deep south right now. Think about that. We're good. Uh, <laughs> only one person's been to the East Coast. All right. So you, have you ever, like, had someone owe you money or you owed them money and you got around them and all of a sudden it was like this? You're looking away like, hi, and you kind of move your way. And you don't want to really engage the conversation for some reason. You have something built up inside of you that doesn't want to just say, hey, here it is. If we got issues, let's deal with it. Has anyone experienced that before? Whew. Man, how about this? How about this? How about conflict with your family members? 
family, family reunions become very interesting at that point. If you've got issues with family, right? It's either a knockdown, drag out, woohoo, let's get our fight on, or it's like no one talks to each other. Anyone experienced that before? Wow. <sighs> All right. How about friends? You know, I've got a quick, quick story about this. Uh, a friend of mine in college, uh, one of my best friends actually in college, the guy who really kept steering me towards the Lord, we went through a situation. And uh, he was upset at me and offended at me that I didn't stop him from doing something that he shouldn't have done. And I was like, bro, it's your life. And uh, I didn't say, I didn't stop him. And he was offended at me because I didn't stop him. And, you know, at the time I was so mature, I didn't understand that. But you know what? He was, you know, upset at me and I didn't even do anything. And uh, I don't know, has anyone had any friends to do that before? Yeah. Yeah, it was almost worse than family. Co-workers, we'll just leave that alone. Husbands and wives, that's a big one. Can I get an amen on that one? We'll stop there. Kids, how about kids? You know, I, my son is four years old, and I'm already amazed how I've already had to forgive him in my heart already multiple times, and I'm like, he's four years old. What happens when he hits 15? Man. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, just little things like that. How about ourselves? How about ourselves? You've been upset at yourself and kind of get bitter at yourself? You know, wow, nice. I'm not the only one, okay? You know, and then it's just, you know, how many, how many people have been mad at God before? Man, I'll tell you, the world seems to be mad at God. Either that or trying to claim he doesn't exist because they're so mad and bitter at him. Or if they, if they do think there is a God, they're so afraid of him that the fear turns into being mad and bitterness. And all of a sudden, all these people that claim to love God are actually mad at him and just holding on to what he said or what they thought he said. You know, there's a lot of that going on. Has anyone experienced that before? Oh, my goodness. That was a huge one for me. How about this? This one I you know, thought of very last. How about your exes? Your ex, hopefully not ex-wives and husbands, but how about your exes that you were dating before and they did something wrong to you? And now, 20, 30, 40 years later, how long, however long you've been separated, you still have this frustration and bitterness in your heart towards them, and it kind of bogs you down. Anyone? Okay. Listen, God knows that you're going to get mad. I know you're going to get mad. It's what we do. Did you know Jesus got mad? Do I need to talk a little bit softer? Jesus got mad. But it says this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. It says, be angry and sin not. Let, let not the sun go down on your wrath. He knows you. He knows the things in your heart. He knows how you tick, how you function. And he knows you're going to get upset. But he also says, listen, I know you're going to get upset because of injustice, because of wrongs, because of different things. How about this? Because he knows that sometimes we have... Uh, like a sinful things that pass, we allow to pass through our lives, such as like pride and lust and different things like that. And he knows that we will be offended and, and, or, excuse me, uh, get mad at least. And he wants to show us, hey, listen, I understand. People will do things to hurt you. I understand you're going to be mad, but hey, listen, deal with it quickly. Does that make sense? I didn't get a big amen on that one. All right, again... I didn't want to really do this, but, you know, he told me to preach this, so 
to get mad at me, just get mad at me, not at Jesus, all right? Because I, you know, it's easier to forgive me than... No, I'm just kidding. Listen, he knows all this, but he also requires us to let it go. Do not hold bitterness and offense. You know what? I want to jump right into the word really quickly. And I want to show um, you in scripture what it's like in the kingdom of God when we don't forgive and we don't move past those things. So I want everyone to turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Now I'm going to set up the first half of 18. We're going to start in verse 21. Again, thank you for your patience this morning. I usually uh, am a preacher more than a teacher, and that's something I've just recognized. And so sometimes teaching is a little bit more out of my comfort zone, but thank you so much for being gracious and loving. Hint, hint, I'm setting you up, positioning you, all right? Don't throw any stones or bark. (laughs) Okay, let me set up uh, chapter 18. The disciples came to Jesus, and they asked him who was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, the disciples, his 12, his people came to him, and they had a question. And as we know in other passages throughout the word, that pride seemed to jump up in the middle of these, these 12, right? They kept rolling around, and, and uh, they kept asking, who's the greatest? And how do I sit at your right hand? And how do I do this? And how do I do all these different things? And Jesus came to him, and he dealt with it right here. And he said, uh, he called a little child unto him and said, you must humble yourself. Everyone say, humble yourself. Everyone say, humble yourself. As a child, and you will be the greatest. See, offense comes through pride. You know, there's only three, three sin. All sin falls under three categories. The lust of the flesh, the lust of your eyes, and the pride of life. Pride is a big one, especially for some people and not so much for others. But uh, I can tell you that sometimes it rolls around my brain once or twice. I'm just saying. And then in the next several verses... In chapter 18, he talks about offense and trespasses and how to approach people who have offended you and others. Okay? Now we're going to start in verse 21. And this is Peter. He came unto him. It says, uh, verse 21. Then Peter, or excuse me, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? First off, you just found out who, were the, who was the greatest of the kingdom. Then the Lord talked about offenses, and he talked about a few other things earlier in the chapter that should have already answered that question. And I also want to point out to something, something else to you all. If you ever have any questions uh, to the Lord about things, and he doesn't answer them the way you want to, wanted them to be answered, it's because the question is not a complete question. Does that make sense? So when Jesus, when, when the disciples asked this question here, who was the greatest in the beginning of, of 18? Uh, Jesus went on and did not just answer that, but he answered several other things regarding that. So if, just extra nugget for you. If you're not getting the answer you desired, ask a different question and ask the Lord for wisdom for that question. And then you will understand the whole subject. Does that make sense? Now, listen, uh, again, this subject is huge and there's no way I'm covering it in the next 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes. So I, I suggest that if you have any issues that this rings a bell at all. Get in the Word, get into some studies. There's some good ones out there and how to release these things. But uh, uh, Peter came to him 
and said, How often do I have to, if, if a brother sins? I'll just read all over again. And Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus said unto him, I say not unto you until seven times, but until seven times seventy. Or seventy times seven. That's 490 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is likened. Okay, I want to point that out to you very quickly. Uh, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven. Who wants to be up in the kingdom? Who is the king? Who is in the kingdom right now? The king's domain. What he's doing here is he's taking it from a natural perspective and showing them what it's like, what he expects, what it's going to be like in heaven. Does that make sense? A kingdom principle here. This is it's like an undo. A certain king who would take account of his servants, and when he had become, began to reckon, one of them was brought unto him who owed him 10,000 talents. But since he had nothing to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and his children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. I want to stop right there. I'm going to, I'm going to go through this piece by piece with you. Listen. Your, the things that you do, offenses, don't just affect yourself. Do you realize that? Offense does not just affect you. It affects you around you, especially if you're in a position of authority. It's going to affect your kids because your kids will pick up on it and they'll start holding grudges. Does that make sense? And it just kind of the trickle-down theory, okay? And what happens is the people around you pay for it just as much as you. Everyone say, Ouch. Everyone say, that's okay, though. There's a way of escape. It's all good. Everyone put a smile on your face. All right. The other thing, too, is the seriousness. It wasn't just like, all right, bro, get a second job and, you know, make a little bit extra money and we'll put you on the the layaway program. We'll put you on the payment schedule here and we'll take care of it in a couple of thousand years. You know, he didn't do that. He said, justice, justice now, boom. You, your kids, your stuff, everything, done. But look at this. But the servant fell, uh, the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. There's a couple things I want to point out here. The servant fell down at his feet. Who's ever fallen down at the feet of Jesus? Maybe not, you know, literally fallen down at the feet of Jesus, but figuratively fallen down at the feet of Jesus and say, oh my goodness. Like I said this in youth before, man, sometimes when I just look at the, the things of my flesh, I look and just say, man, I am a human piece of trash. Like it's amazing how ugly the flesh is compared to the life of God. Does that make sense? And so he fell down, and I think this is pretty awesome too. Uh, He fell down and worshipped him saying. So we get another glimpse in here of what worship is when we worship the Lord in the kingdom. He worshipped him and said, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Saying, I know you are in control, Lord. I know you are the high of the high. You are the most high God. There's no one like you. I know this. I know this. I have this huge debt. But Lord, have patience with me. Does anyone ask the Lord to have patience with you before? Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And then check this out. Man, isn't the greatest thing about the Lord is his love and compassion? Well, not, he's, everything's great about him, but 
you know, it's, it's amazing to me how much it moves in our lives. And it's so just evident and clear. It says, the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. Everyone say compassion. Everyone say compassion. But the same servant went out and found a fellow servant who owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Okay, I'm going to stop here and go back a little bit and explain a little bit here. The same servant that was just forgiven came to a fellow servant, and we say fellow servant, a co-worker, a fellow servant, and did what? He didn't just say, bro, give me some, you know, give me the money I owe you. He took him physically by the throat. Wish I had an example. Just kidding. Sit down. Stay down. Stay down. (laughs) By the throat. Okay? Has anyone been taken by the throat before? I have. It's not very comfortable, okay? A couple of things that it does is, one, it puts you back on your heels, okay? Number two, what does it do? It stops you from breathing. You get lightheaded. And I'll tell you, one of the most sensitive areas in your body, at least it is for me, is my throat. Ask any of my youth. They do not touch me in the head, ever. Because I also turn green and I start smashing things, right? (laughs) Come on, that's funny. They know that. It is super sensitive. And yet you see him here. He takes him by the throat and says, where's my money? And the same thing. He used the same argument, the same almost praise, if you look at it, and says, I know I owe you. I know you're in this position. I know all these things. He goes, but give me time and I'll pay you off. And the first servant who had been forgiven A ginormous amount. Has anyone been forgiven a ginormous amount? Oh my goodness, the Lord has forgiven me. I can't even go, we would be here for weeks if I got into the junk of my past. But thank God it's covered under the blood. Can I get an amen? Guys, look like you're getting sad out there. I got to, you know, pump you up with some Jesus here, right? He didn't have compassion, refused it, and threw him in jail. Everyone say compassion. Don't refuse compassion. Everyone say compassion. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Let's keep going. And he would not uh, cast in prison. Okay. So his fellow servants saw what he had done, and they were very <clears throat> sorry. And when he came and told their Lord what he, all he had done, then the Lord, after he had called him, said unto him, O oh, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you desired me. Should you not have also had compassion? Everyone say compassion. Compassion on your fellow servant, even as I have had pity on you. And the Lord was angry, and he delivered him to the jailers till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise. Everyone say, so likewise. Remember, we're talking about the kingdom. Man, I'm opening a can of worms maybe I shouldn't have opened. Remember, we're talking about the kingdom. Shall your heavenly Father do unto you, if you from your hearts, everyone say hearts, Forgive not everyone his brother's trespass. Listen, you will not fully grasp the love and compassion of God that he has for you if you do not forgive from your heart. Offense and bitterness is not okay. 
Okay? Listen, let me steal the world's idea. Just say no. Just say no to drugs. Just say no to bitterness. Say no to that poison in your life. And I'm going to help you here in just a minute and show you some easy steps. Everyone say easy steps. Six-minute abs to forgiveness, okay? Six-minute abs. You follow this and eat right, the Word of God, and I'm telling you, you will have the best, most loving forgiveness life ever. Okay. Don't hold on to the past. Don't hold on to bitterness. Don't hold on to offense. Why would you hold on to the dead person that you were before receiving Jesus? Let's not hold on to that dead person. Anyone ever seen a dead body? Some of you guys? First time I saw a, first time I saw a dead animal, like, closely, was a hummingbird. I was, like, six years old. And I went out there. It was on, it was on the, my porch. And uh, first time I ex- experienced death, like, personally... I went out to the hummingbird, and I, I actually tried to start beating his chest a little bit. And then I went and got some sugar water and stuck it in his beak and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, it'll come back to life. And my folks were like, do you remember this? My folks were like, oh, just set it out on the porch, and I bet you he'll revive. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, great. And so I, I'm, I'm really young. I don't know how old I am. I'm young, though. But it was, it was just, oh, oh, cool. I was all excited. I went outside and set it outside. They're like, okay, come on inside, let's go to bed. And they go to bed. Well, beknownst to me, unbeknownst to me, they went out that night and threw the little hummingbird away. I woke up the next morning, I was like, all excited. It's gone, it's gone. Yeah. And I was like, and of course I had to ask, went up to my parents. Did he come back to life and fly away? And my parents, being awesome Christian people that they are, told me the truth. (laughs) No son, he didn't. He stayed dead and we threw him away. And that was the first time I ever, <laughs> listen, they're not hard and cold, you know, saying, they're not ruthless like that. They're just telling me the truth. And I'm paraphrasing. It wasn't quite, it didn't quite go down like that. Okay, maybe it did. But either way, it was my first experience with death. And it rocked me. Man, I still remember it this day what it felt like. It felt like someone kicked me in the chest, right? But did that bird experience anything? Did that dead person experience anything? Has anyone been around a dead person and, like, slap them before? Did they get offended? Why do you think that's so odd? Has anyone been around... (laughs) Someone about lost over there. I heard a wheezy laugh. Has someone ever gone out and looked at a dead corpse and said, Ah! And started cursing the dead corpse. And it sat up and said, How dare you? Has anyone done that before, right? No, no one's doing that. The corpse is dead. The, the person is dead. It doesn't care. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? And did you know we've been co-crucified with Christ? Do you know our old nature has been on the cross, dead? Now we're alive in him? Is anyone? Now, I will say this, I, and I'll just say this quickly. There are a few people in this church that I've been to some dead people. And we've ministered as much as we could, and they, as of yet, have not risen. And that's just what we do, because the Lord commands us to. But I'll tell you what, when I grabbed that little body and started moving it around a little bit, it didn't feel anything. Does it make sense? Now, in the future, I'm telling you what, we're going to get some dead raisings around here. And I'm not talking about your old self. I'm talking about that, that awesome 
you know, meat sack, your flesh. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get some of those. Anyway, let's move on. I digress. I'm sorry. Listen, realize we've been dead. And why hold on to the baggage of our past? Just let it go. Everyone say, let it go. Today, let's, let's let go of the throats of people that we are offended against. You cannot control someone else, but you can control yourself. You can control your own heart. Imagine this. You were cursed, spit on, punched blindly. Then you were stripped naked. You were whipped. You had splinters in your back. You were told to hold a ginormous log, carry it up a hill. They nailed you to the log, and they set you up on display as a gin- just horrible, horrible, horrible death. That you, Usually your, your, your sockets would dislocate. Amazing, most excruciating death ever, okay? And then there's this little verse in the Old Testament that says anyone that is hung on a tree is accursed. So now you have the curse of the world. You have all sin, all these different things placed on you. And this guy had the gall to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he's your father. He's your example. He is yours. He's giving you his spirit. Oh my gosh, it just goes on and on and on. So why would we hold offense against other people? Why would this dead flesh just absolutely hold on because we can? Yes, you can. But why? Why would we? And the only reason, the only thing I come up with is just this thing, funny thing called pride. This funny thing called pride. And I'll tell you, are you guys okay in here? You guys okay? Awesome. I'll tell you what, it's not worth it. It's not worth living a horrible, depraved life. There's a reason why you accept Jesus. There's a reason why you're here this morning. It's because you want him and the things of him. There's a reason why you tithe. There's a reason why you help people. There's a reason why you bless people. It's because it's part of your new nature now. It's because you recognize also the same guy who gave you life is the same guy full of all these promises. It says, if you do things my way, you'll get what I got. And he's got it all. So for us, why? Everyone say it with me. Everyone say, let it go, let it go. Don't ever sing again. Listen, let's release the throats of the people we have captive. Let's not stop their wind from breathing. Let's not stop the compassion of God in our life for them. You realize some people that you might be offended with, they may not ever see compassion the way that you can show them compassion by forgiving them, and then they get saved because of you, but you can't show them compassion Because you've got them by the throat. Let go. Like this. Set them down. Give them a big hug. Say, I love you. That's, I mean, let it go. Some of you, some people are mad and bitter. And the people are dead. Grandma, grandpa, they did something to me when I was four. They're dead and you're still mad at them. Dude, they don't, they're not around anymore. 
and yet you still have this thing built up inside, and all it does is build bigger walls, more stuff. But you know what? And say, you know what? God's faithful. He loves you. And he's willing to be so very patient. But he wants you like this. Let me use my my kids as an example. I want Trey, my oldest son, he's almost four years old, to be obedient. Do you know why I want him to be obedient? Because I need to train him a certain way because it's my responsibility that the Lord gave me. To train him a certain way. I want him to love like Christ. I want him to forgive like him. I want him to walk like him. I want him to talk like him. I want him to do all these things. But if I let him get bitter, if I let him do all these different things, he won't. Does it make sense? In the same way, I have to treat him as I want him to be. I hope that makes sense. Treat him as, as, as I want him to be. And that's the same way the Lord did. I want them to be this. I want them to be. So I'm going to treat them like this. And I'm going to love on them like I want them to be. Does that make sense? And I I believe that's a biblical truth that just came out of me. I I hope that's some scripture somewhere that will uh, prove that out. If not, throw it away. If it makes sense, awesome. Not only makes sense, but in the word. Come on now. You guys with me? All right. Let me just talk quickly about some things what the Lord has done for us. And then we'll, we'll, I'll give you the four-minute abs. Now, see, I dropped it to six, the four-minute abs. You know what I'm saying? You can be the most amazing, forgivable, lovable, huggable, squeezable person ever. Does it make sense? Okay. Let's look at what God's done for us. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. When we look at the flesh... And we look at what it can do. It's discouraging and it makes you want to vomit. The Apostle Paul says, oh, what a wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this? And then he goes right on and says, but I got this guy right here (laughs) who showed up to me and showed me exactly what I was going to do for him and showed me all these amazing things that he couldn't even tell other people because they wouldn't understand it. Because he had revelation after revelation after revelations of his love and his mercy and his grace in his life. Jesus is the answer. And he knows our hearts. He knows our hearts. And he knows how to unlock us unlike most of us. You ever, you ever like, uh, just an example of unlocking. You first get married, you got the honeymoon. Who loves the honeymoon? Okay, you single people, quit lifting your hand, all right? You love the honeymoon, right? The honeymoon period. It's everything's cool. It don't matter what you can do. You could basically do whatever, and I'm happy because I love you. It don't matter. You're mine. I bought you, right? <laughs> I made a commitment to God that I would love you forever. How's that? And there's a certain period that, uh, that seems like it's so easy and no big deal. Where the heck was I going with this? Oh, that's right. <laughs> but then there's this time that you reach. You know, for Kelly and I, I'll just give you a little window into our life a little bit. Kelly and I was two years, and it was like four months of hell, okay? I didn't want to go home because I knew when I went home, we were going to be like, <laughs> and not good either, okay? We were just forging this trust thing, okay? 
And then it came to a place where we learned each other. <sighs> Imagine that. We studied each other and we learned each other. And I said, oh, honey, when I do certain things you really don't like, that really irritates you. <laughs> it's amazing. And when you do things that I don't like, it irritates me. And so what we were doing is doing those things. <clears throat> we were pushing each other's buttons continually, right? And we went through this four-month stage of like, oh, my goodness. And then we decided to take a honeymoon at that time. That was brilliant. And anyway, on the honeymoon, we were able to figure some of these things out, where we spent hours and hours and hours together. We were able to talk and figure these things out. And by the end of the honeymoon, things were starting on the upslope. And I'll tell you what. Marriage now, we've been married nine years, almost ten. Right? Is that right? April 4th. <laughs> 94, 2005. Oh, my gosh. It's been, you know what I'm saying. Come on, give me some grace. Don't be offended at me. I'll show you how to forgive me in just a minute. We've been married for nine years. And I'll tell you what, it's getting better and better and better. And better and better and better. And our relationship's getting stronger and stronger. And it's because we've learned how to work with each other in the principles. We know each other now in the same way God knows you. And he knows how to unlock your heart. And he knows how to set you free from this craziness. All right. Let's roll. Let's roll here. Listen, there's hope. You have the forgiving power of Christ. You have that available to you. Just as he forgave, you can forgive. It's available. Just go get it. If you need help, read Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. Go to his throne room of grace that you maintain, uh, find mercy and grace in your time of need. If you need help forgiving... Listen, go get it. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. And if you're embarrassed, he knows. He knows men's hearts. He sees you when you're sleeping. He's not Santa Claus. He's always awake. He's always aware of you. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows everything about you. In fact, he knows your heart better than you know your heart. So do you think he knows the combo for your heart? Combination? Of course he does. All right. We must forgive. Okay, four easy steps. Everyone say four easy steps. Woo, six-pack abs. Okay. One, be honest with yourself. Admit it. Recognize it. That it's something that needs to be fixed in your life. Okay? It's a character flaw. It's something wrong with you. If you're holding a fence repeatedly, there's something going on. You need it fixed. It's okay. Be real. Go for it. He knows again, okay? He knows. Let it go. Everyone say, let it go. It's okay to let it go, to forgive. And do you know why? Because the Lord loves you. Because he loves you and he'll never put you in a situation that you can't handle. And he'll never do something. He'll never put a burden on you that you can't handle. And the burden's already been put on Christ. So why are we holding a burden that's not even ours? Does that make sense? All right. Step two. See, I told you these were easy. If you apply them. Your pride will get crushed, but, it, you know, apply them. Number two, talk to the Lord about them. Ask him how to process through it. Ask the Holy Spirit how to change your heart. Talk to him about it. This is a process that I had to learn. Talk to him. Because the way I talk to the Lord is going to be different than the way you talk to the Lord. And the way he talks to me is going to be different than the way he talks to you. God called me bro before. As the Lord told you, said, what's up, bro? Anyone done that before? 
Guess what? He speaks Swahili. German. He speaks surfer. He speaks, you know, Eastern Idaho, where they filmed the movie. He speaks all these different languages. He knows all the slangs. He speaks Hawaiian. He speaks uh, all, all these languages. And guess what? He'll talk to you in the way that you can understand. He'll talk to you personally, the way that touches you, so you'll understand. Does it make sense? Talk to him about it. Process through it. I don't always just go, Lord, help me. Peace. That's not how it goes. It's like, Lord, they did this to me. They did that to me. They did this to me. They did that to me. And he goes, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But God, he says, but what? (laughs) And he's not, you know, okay. He's sometimes stern with me because that's what I need. I say, but God, and he goes, hey, suck it up, buddy. And he may not talk to you like that. He doesn't talk to Kelly like that. That would hurt other people, and they would be offended at him. Listen, he talks to, way, talks to me how I need to be talked to. He'll talk to you in a different way. He might be, um, he might do this to Kelly, I don't know. But he might be like, hey, Kelly, um, there's a couple things we need to talk about, girl. <laughs> you know this thing that over here that keeps bothering you and you just can't let it go? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and just let it go? And then, of course, Kelly will be like, oh, okay. <laughs> but me, he's like, so what? And your point? He doesn't, you know, I'm just embellishing a little bit in our conversation, but... He goes, haven't I paid for it? Do you not trust me? Do you not trust my word? And this is what he tells me. Do you not trust my word that says, I will repay, says the Lord? But I want vengeance. I want lightning bolts. I want someone to vaporize in front of me, you know? And he's like, don't you know that I will repay this? I got this. But God, they stole. Who owns the cattle on a thousand hill? What do you need? Well, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's talking to me, and uh, okay, all right, let's do this. Right, that goes to step number three. You guys, step ready to number three? This is something that is a huge key that took me a while, but this is a big key that really unlocked it for me. And it's that blessing the other person. You got to bless the other person. Jesus said that too. Bless them that curse you. Do good to those that hate you. Pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. He said, bless the other person. Bless them. Does that make sense? Sometimes that might, might be money. Sometimes that might be, hey, I love you so much. Anything you need, call me. Sometimes that might look differently for certain people. But you know what? Ask the Holy Spirit how to bless them and he'll tell you. And you know what that does? That will release you, release your grip on their throat, will completely release, and you'll be able to forgive. It's amazing how blessing people is, is, is such a big key. Okay? You guys got that? Let's review really quickly. Step number one and two and three. Be honest with yourself. Admit it. Recognize. Let it go. Start. Allow yourself to forgive. Number two, talk to Jesus about it, the Holy Spirit. Process through those different things in your heart. Number three, bless people. Bless the person. This can come in different forms, okay? Whatever form you ask the Holy Spirit, listen to it and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. I don't know the rest of the song, I just remember that. 
Verse, uh, verse 4. Point number 4, you got four six of the six-pack right now. you got four of them, okay? You ready for the last, the bottom two, the hardest to get? E- top ones are easy. The fourth one, some, you know, the, the ab way down here? Who's ever seen your ab way down there? I've yet to see my ab way down there. Still working on that one. And truly, I'm still working on this one, too. And that's this. Learn how to die to yourself. Learn how to die. Dead men tell no tales. If you're dead, you ain't getting offended. Am I allowed to say ain't? If you're dead, you're not getting offended. If you're dead, you have no pride. If you're dead and risen in Christ, all you can do is forgive and love and enjoy and be happy and hang out with Jesus. Does that make sense? Man, I tell you, this last series was awesome. In fact, pay attention, guys. I'm going to give you a little secret, a little secret. Pay attention to the whole message, of course, that Pastor Mark brings. But sometimes at the end, he'll just ad-lib some stuff that comes out of his spirit, out of the spirit of God inside of him. That, holy cow, last week rocked me. I have been asking the Lord about something for years. And he told me last week through the message, expect when you come. Okay, that was a little side note. Now let's go back to dying. Dying to yourself, okay? And that will reveal the bottom ab, okay? And you will be fully abbed up in four easy steps, okay? Listen, it's time. Don't wait. Don't wait. The longer you let it fester, the longer it is. You know how when you're aware of something, you know, you can get yourself like scraped up or cut and you don't realize it and you're working throughout the day and you're doing your thing and, and stuff is brushing up against it. And it's okay. It doesn't really matter. Just brushing up against it. Then you go home and shower, and then you actually recognize and feel that pain, okay? And then you do anything that night, and you're like, oh, man. Or like a little splinter, metal splinter. Who's ever had like a little metal splinter in your finger? Man, those are the worst. Little metal splinter in your finger, and you can work and do your thing, and then at night after you shower and stuff, you're like, (laughs) you like go to eat, and you're like, ah, feed me. I can't move this finger. You know what I'm saying? You're just like stuck. Okay, now here's what I did to you. And I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Here's what I did to you. I just revealed that metal splinter in your finger. Okay, don't let it just be there all night. Don't let it be there throughout your life. Go get the little the, the, what the tweezers. I use cuticle clippers. Do you know why? Because I can dig the skin out at the same time, right? Thank you for that one. Grab your little cuticle clippers or tweezers or whatever and take that little teeny tiny thing out of your finger, okay? In the same way, start forgiving. Just start. Just start. And it's amazing. You'll forgive one and another and another and another. And this thing that you have wearing on yourself that is the burden of God will be lifted off and dropped and dropped and dropped. So before you're walking like this, hunchback, All of a sudden, you're standing up taller and taller and taller and taller. And all of a sudden, wow, I never knew life could be this good. Wow. Here's another thought of that. When you're dead, who cares? You know what I mean? And how do you die? That's a whole different thing. I got to end service right now. But how do you die? You nail it to the cross. You say, God... Your word says, 
Your word says that I've been co-crucified with you, yet I live. But it's not me. And I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and forgave me and blessed me and healed me and set me free and delivered me and rose me from the dead and gave me your spirit. And guess what? Said, I'll never leave you and forsake you. And said, all your needs will be supplied from my power, who I am and what I can do. He, he just kept going and going and going and going and going and going. And guess what he said? Guess what he said? Guess what he said? He said, the next morning you wake up, he says, my mercies are new every morning for you. You'll never exhaust my love. You'll never exhaust my forgiveness for you. You'll never exhaust any of that stuff. Guess what? You'll never exhaust his power. You'll never exhaust him. And every morning is new, every morning, for you. Here's what I want to do really quickly. I want everyone to stand up with me. Dang it. I went over time. I told you I was long-winded. I was, I was afraid, too, this wouldn't be long enough. What I want you to do really quickly is I know the fact that everyone raised their hand about something means either you remember it, it may be not as sharp to you anymore, or you know what, you've forgiven, but you may have something else that's bothering you. What I want you guys to do is just recognize whatever that thing is in your life. Okay? Humble yourself in the sight of God. We're going to take two minutes here, not even two minutes, less than a minute. And we're going to ask the Lord to give us help in our time of need to forgive. And we're going to forgive these people, if you want to. Um, But let me just, oh, it's so important. This is such a big key. Such a big key. Forgive, okay? Forgive. And I'm going to say one other, one other big key, too. Listen, don't go, if, if you know that person has done whatever, and even if they know it, don't go to them, and especially if it's old, and say, hey, you know, you, you offended me. You know, someone took your parking spot, and you're going to walk up to them in church and be like, dude, you offended me for taking my parking spot. Don't do that, okay? Don't. Release them in your own mind and heart. Okay? If it's fresh and needs to be dealt with, deal with it then. But if it's old, allow God to bring it around because he can. And he's the only one that can change a heart. Allow him to do what he does best. You just start walking and forgiving and loving and blessing and learning how to die and nailing those, the pride to the cross of Jesus and say, you took this. You just start doing that. And he'll take care of the rest. Okay? And if you can't, if for some reason this stirs something inside of you, and for some reason you can't forgive today, you know what? Check it out. I know there's going to be people that can't. But what I want you to do is I want you to go and get into the subject. And now is the time. You're aware of it. Get into it so you can forgive. Make it real to you. Make it real to your life telling you life will be so much different the sky will be bluer ice cream will taste better flowers will smell better it's amazing 
God will take a silk flower and make it smell like the best thing ever. He'll take something that seemingly is impossible, like a silk flower having a scent, and he'll make it have a scent for you. I hope that makes sense, and that's not cryptic. What I want you to do is, right now, I want everyone to close your eyes. And I want you to think of those different things, if there are any. And I want you just to be okay with and say, just repeat after me if you can. Just say, Lord, I let this go. This isn't mine. This is yours. Teach me, show me how to be someone of forgiving, of love, compassion, and how to bless people. Lord, I love you. And I know you can take this away so very quickly. And I give you permission right now to unlock this junk in my heart. And I give it to you. And I know you're gentle and kind and loving. And I let this stuff and I give this to you right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness and love for me. And I forgive these different people right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Mm.